This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Things are mostly slightly partly back to normal here on the Paracast with Gene and Chris. Just a couple of things of note. First of all, it looks like the gang of reviewers at iTunes, after two years of Paracast Plus, the commercial-free version of the show, still don't know about it. Oh, it's too many commercials. How can they have so many commercials? So, what can you say? There's not really a place there, though if you have a problem with a review at iTunes, just respond to the person, you know, like on Yelp. You know, if you review a place on Yelp, the place you review can answer you. And sometimes when it's a thieving car dealer, which I know of one about a 20-minute drive from here, which we'll not name, If that thieving car dealer is criticized for being a thief, someone in their PR department will respond, but you can't answer back. So that's how it goes. In any case, we can't dwell on reviews because you drive yourself crazy. We can't send out tweets. We got a bad review. Oh, boy. You know, we haven't talked to you, Chris, very much about your journey to Thailand. Anything paranormal occur when you went there? No, not that I know of. If it did, I missed it. It's a beautiful country, lots of very, very beautiful women, beautiful temples, and, you know, the people are just great. I really enjoyed myself. Um, I was kind of a duck out of water and kind of the object of curiosity, I must say. But there's lots of tourists and lots of Westerners and lots of motorcycles and Vespas and scooters and stuff, and it's 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 amazing you know the light turns red you have to you have to realize this is a huge sprawling major 21st century city with skyscrapers all over that some of the one of the coolest skyscrapers i've ever seen i think it's called distressed architecture where it looks like the building had taken a shotgun blast on the side and parts of it were blowing away and and we're talking about a 60 70 story building i mean amazing architecture and, uh, you, you know, the light turns red and instantly about 50 or 60 motorcycles and scooters are all up at the front, you know, revving their engines, waiting for the light to turn green. And there's girls sitting side saddle on the back of taxi motorcycles. Uh, and as they're zipping in and out of traffic, they're sitting there texting. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. You know, just totally oblivious to flying through traffic on a on a little you know 200 cc motorcycle wait a minute wait a minute stop here stop here they're texting yeah sitting side saddle sitting sideways on the back of a motorcycle okay well certain habits so many times i was just stunned certain habits don't change evidently not but i went to um, the royal palace and saw you know the wonderful temple complex uh, next door and I went to Wapo, which is across the river, the home of the 
reclining Buddha, which is, I think, the third or fourth largest Buddha in the world. And it's just, if if I had a paranormal experience, it was standing, you know, 40 feet below the sublime face of the reclining Buddha, looking up, just marveling. Uh, that was really special, I must say, because so many people are just mesmerized and, and just awestruck at this thing. Uh, pickpockets love to hang hang out there, and there's signs everywhere. Watch for pickpockets, because everybody's just just sitting there, spellbound by this by this wondrous sight. And and uh, you're, I guess, your easy easy pickpocket uh, uh, material. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been in that hot of a climate. You know, it was 90 degrees, 9500 percent humidity, and you know the Thai people are walking around dry as a bone, and I'm sweating buckets and and just. <laughs> you know, it's like sucking in steam and breathing out steam. You go into an air-conditioned building, you come out, your glasses instantly have felt like an inch of fog on them. But um, all in all, it was great. It was relaxing. It was the furthest point away from the United States I could get on the pl- planet to, um, during the election. Which, and I uh, bet you after the election you wanted not to leave. That's true. I did not want to leave. And, you know, of course, uh, the Thai people are very curious about Americans. And and I think, you know, the king, their king had just died about uh, nine or ten days before. And he he, had, he was the longest ruling monarch in uh, in the modern era. I think Queen Elizabeth has that mark now. But he had been, he'd ruled since 1946, 70 years. Absolutely just worshipped and beloved by the population. Um Thailand is a very, very peaceful. It's one of the few <laughs> countries in the, in Southeast Asia that that has really escaped fairly unscathed um, in the 20th century. There was some problems um, early in the 20th century, but but you know, just remember back to the movie The King and I. You know, with Ewell Brenner, you know, playing the king in Old Siam. Of course, that was Thailand's original name. Um, but it's it, it's been very stable, um, very prosperous uh, for an Asian city. I, I saw very, very few homeless people, bag people, um, maybe four or five or six in my entire time there. Uh, it's it's fairly clean for such a large city. Um, very, very permissive, I think, uh, in some ways, uh, which is unlike a lot of Asian, Asian countries. Uh, it, it just really was a wonderful, wonderful experience, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I really wished I could stay. I was wearing my little black ribbon, you know, to honor the death of the king, and, and you know, we'd be talking with some ties, and they, oh, you have the black ribbon? I say, yeah, we're mourning your king in our, in, in our country. <laughs> you know, what's interesting here is you read very, very little about Thailand or hear very little about it in this country if you check the mainstream media. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They just keep their head down. It, it appears to me that the average median income there is quite, uh, it's, it's up there. I mean, it's an affluent place. You know, you go in, there's huge shopping malls that go up 10 stories, um, wonderful restaurants, uh, theaters, museums. It, it's just a really you know, upscale cosmopolitan place and, and the city, I mean, it's 8 million people and the city is just huge. I think it dwarfs a lot of American cities. Their downtown area spreads for miles. And, um, it's the kind of place, you know, spending eight or nine days there just doesn't even do it justice. And I wanted to get down to, uh, um, 
to the coast, uh, to Phuket and some other areas that I really wanted to go to, but I just didn't have time. I mean, Th- you know, Thailand's a beautiful, beautiful country, and and just Bangkok alone is is worth a couple of weeks. Perhaps there'll be another occasion, or perhaps your friend will have some more frequent flyer miles to contribute right. to the cause. Yep, that would be nice. It would. A lot of people speak English there. Yes. Yes, and if they don't, um, I had no problems communicating. All I needed to know was a few, a few phrases in Thai. Cheaper was one of them. <laughs> no, 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 no. Looky, looky. You know, and they, they they can speak kind of pidgin English, and and uh, it's it's fairly easy to communicate there. The people that need to speak English do speak English, but uh, and if they don't, they grab somebody that can. So. Um, but I'll tell you, some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in the world are in Thailand. It, it just, my goodness, it is a um, girl watcher's paradise, I must say. I hate to sound chauvinist like that, but I, I really mean it. I, I mean that in, in all the best, most positive, in the best terms. Um, I just acknowledge human beauty. I mean, the Thai women are just exquisite. They really are. We segue from Thailand to the U.K., where resides our guest for this week? Tell us more. Well, I found out about Philip Mantle back in the mid-90s, right after the Ray Santilli alien autopsy fiasco. And Philip was the lead investigator on exposing the alien autopsy film. And he's been in ufology for a long time. I'm looking forward to uh, finally uh, speaking with him. Now, Philip Mantle was on with our original co-host on the Powercast many years ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And I think a lot of our listeners barely remember it. So let's get set. And this is going to be a great ride with Philip Mantle joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Powercast. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e soft dot d-e slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. 
Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. This is a life-changing message for anyone with sleep apnea who is on the go and tired of dragging around a big, bulky home CPAP device. Now there's finally a portable device that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP. And if you're one of the first 100 callers, you can try Transcend risk-free for 10 days. So call now, 1-800-441-9833. Transcend is the world's first portable mini CPAP device. It gives you the freedom to sleep in total comfort anywhere you are. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. To guarantee your 10-day in-home trial, you must be one of the first 100 callers to call minicpap.com now. 1-800-441-9833. Again, that's 1-800-441-9833. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So after a little over eight years, and I bet he doesn't remember the experience, we have Philip Mantle. Welcome back to the Paracast. Uh, my pleasure. So let's kind of look into your background a little bit, maybe cover some old ground to get listeners up to date on your background, what you've done. What first caught your eye with regard to UFOs? How'd you get involved? When I look back, I always, even as a young man, I, I always had an interest in the paranormal, uh, literally, all things that you would put under the heading of paranormal. I mean, I mean I'll give you an example. My, my mum, sadly no longer with us, but she was from Northern Ireland, uh, and she told me that where they lived was very, very rural, and um, while playing on the stream down by the, 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 the farm one day, she met a fairy and, and, you know, and conversed with this fairy. And it was complete with pretty wings and pretty clothing. It was a, it was a, a female fairy. And... Um, and, and she told me that she told my 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 children, her grandchildren, that story. So whether it's 
you know, inherited from my mum's side of the, the family. I don't know, but I always did have that interest. And a um, friend of mine, he's, his grandmother used to live uh, over the road from us, literally across the street. And I used to attend the Spiritualist Church with her when I was a teenager, you know. And when I was at high school, we used to have um, religious instruction. It wasn't a church school, but we had one lesson a week, and it told you what was in the Bible. And I'm the guy sitting at the back putting his hand up and asking questions and nobody else did so i always had that kind of inquiring mind as well you know quite by chance uh, i read a book that was about astronomy really because I, I had a, a an interest in that as well and it mentioned one chapter on ufos pretty much dismissing it i had no idea what the book was called it wasn't mine and i thought well that's interesting and i'll write a few letters and i'm, and I'm sure i'll find the answers Little did I know that here I am today, all, all those years later, this, I was about 19 at this time, 20, um, but I would still be asking those very same questions. And again, quite by chance, my my, uh, my aunt lived around the corner from us, and she came one day with a, with a local newspaper, and in there was a small piece about um, a UFO group being formed in the city of Leeds, which is not far from where I lived, called the Yorkshire UFO Society. And they were hosting their first meeting. So off I went. Uh, no idea where this place was, but I found it. And, of course, it was founded by uh, uh, brothers, uh, Mark Birdsell, and then his elder brother, Graham. Many people will know Graham Birdsell. Many years later, he went on to successfully publish and edit UFO magazine here in the UK. Sadly, Graham's no longer with us, but that's all it started. Once I attended that first meeting... There was, there was no turning back, Chris. I, I was hooked. Uh, and still am. <laughs> this was back in the uh, early to mid-80s? This was about 1979, 1980, yes. Yeah, okay. A long time ago. Yeah, yeah. so you've been a, a real trooper ever since then. I, I remember really first, um, I, I didn't get involved really uh, deeply into uh, into this aspect of the paranormal ufology until the early 90s. It took a lot of getting up to speed, a lot of book reading, which I'd already been doing, reading books. But uh, then I really went at it um, <laughs> whole hog, as they say. But then the infamous alien autopsy film uh, was broadcast, I think, by Fox here in the United States. And uh, all of a sudden, your name started cropping up a lot. And I remember thinking, this, this is an interesting guy. He's uh, He seems a little bit like a pit bull on this particular case. Why don't you give uh, some of our newer listeners, a sense of the response to that particular very controversial film and then sort of give us a an encapsulated version of, of the amount of work that you put in uh, looking into this case. And I think you, you were the one that really uncovered, really kind of broke the dam wide open on that. Absolutely. And then uh, tell, tell us what you think about it. Yeah, well, well back in, this goes back to 1993, uh, I was uh, the press officer and conference organiser for the British UFO Research Association. A letter arrived from a company called the Merlin Group, just asking, not me personally, but us as an organisation, if we could assist in the making of a, a UFO documentary. So I, I you know, replied and sent them some information. I had a, a reply. So I rang the chap up who was the head of this company, and he was called Ray Santilli. Uh, Ray went on to tell me, to begin with, that he just wanted a general UFO documentary. Did we have clips of film we could license and interviews and all this? 
uh, and I gave him what we could help him with. And then in our next telephone conversation, he came out with the, well, Philip, you know, I have film of the Roswell crash. He didn't call it Roswell to begin with. He called it Rosewell. And I thought, oh, fair enough. I wasn't expecting that, but if that's the case, show me. Now, I lived in, I lived in the north of England. Ray was in London, you know, over 200 miles away. So it went like this. Yes, I can. No, I can't. Yes, I can. No, I can't. Anyway, we were having a... a an event in London to house uh, a, a speaking engagement with Travis Walton and Mike Rogers when the movie Fire in the Sky came out. Just by chance, this man, Ray Santilli's officers, were quite nearby. So I, I invited him to attend, which he did. That was the first time I met him. And he told me this story about him meeting this cameraman out in America. And, and he sold him the film. And again, I said, you know, show it to me. Yes, I can. No, I can't. So in the end, I said, you know, go and take a run. You know, you're pulling my finger here. There's, there's, there's nothing to it. It's rubbish. And I kept a number of close colleagues informed uh, behind the scenes. And then in early 1995, um, I received a, a video cassette, which was the movie Roswell, made by Paul Davids. They were releasing it here in the UK. It wasn't any great announcement. And I'd just been sent a copy for review. And I thought, oh. Well, if that Santilli chap still claims to have this film. Now, I got his business card, pulled it out of the, the folder, phoned him up, and he says, well, yes, I do, Philip. You don't believe me. I said, well, I can't believe you until you show me it. So he said, make, a, make an appointment with my secretary, and, 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 and away we go. So I made the appointment with his secretary. My wife and I drove to London, met Santilli in his office. Hey, presto, there was the alien autopsy film. He showed us four different sets of items over a, uh, a period of a couple of months. Started off with a piece that's called the tent footage. And then he showed us two different autopsy films, same kind of creature, but slightly different procedures, and then some uh, debris. Now, at this point, essentially had no press involved, no media, no TV. It was it's actually going to sell it only on video. So I thought, well, you know, we've got to get this out in the open to try and find out more information. So I just said off, off off, the cuff one day in his office, will you show it at our conference? I had a conference organized for August 1995, all set up, all ready. And he said, yeah, if you will help me research it, Philip. So that's how it all came about. And um, the story eventually leaked to the press. That's when the TV became involved, like you said, with Fox in the USA, Channel 40 here in England, and a whole host of other countries around the world we've got more to come with philip mantle telling us this great story and leaving us with a cliffhanger more to come with gene and chris you're in the paracast thank you for listening to gcn visit gcnlive.com today Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, 
Would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time? New Mana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only New Mana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the New Mana difference. America-made food stores all love to eat. Yum! Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177, evolveyourself.com. Winter has just begun, and are you already tired of being cold? How would you like to never be cold again? This is Dale with Fortress Clothing, and I'm here to tell you, you will never be cold again with Fortress. If you're tired of freezing your butt off, elk hunting, sitting in a tree stand, deer hunting, winter camping, fishing, ice fishing, no longer fear the cold. If you snowmobile, ski, snowboard, get Fortress. Sledding with the kids, shoveling the walks, shopping, or if you or your spouse get cold feet at home, get Fortress. If you're stuck outside working in the cold or find yourself in an emergency situation, get our winter bug out bag and you will never be cold again. Fortress is the answer, so quit complaining and go to FortressClothing.com. It's a mid-layer garment that goes with anything you want to wear. Enter coupon code RADIO and get 20% off any item. Go now while we still have inventory. FortressClothing.com Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. They have cliffhangers everywhere these days. You know, you have these TV series in America, and you probably see them in the UK, Philip, where... I don't know what you mean. Well, we have a spiritual advisor who just showed up and is asking us, what do you mean by at least TV series in the UK? 
All right. Well, it shows you how we are being watched and listened to. Philip, why don't you continue your story? Yeah, like, like I was saying, quite, quite by accident, news about the alien autopsy film got out into the media. And it went crazy. I mean, this is the days before the internet really set, got going and email. And I had a, um, a big machine, which was a phone and a fax, and, and, and it never stopped. I mean, literally. I was getting phone calls from around the world. And all I could do was pass them on to Ray Santilli. So he kept his word. On August the 27th, 1995, he came to Sheffield to our conference, which was ram-packed. He showed the film, and then a couple of days later, it was, it was shown around the world. And you've never seen anything like it, guys. You really haven't. I'll give you an example. I mean, you know, the night before the conference was due in Sheffield, a lady from the, the States phoned me and said, can I buy a ticket? I said, well, there aren't any left. She said, I'm coming anyway. And she did. And she turned up on, on you know, I don't know where she came from, but she did. She gave me her name, and I just made sure I found a seat for her when she arrived. And with film crews from all over. And, you know, I expected afterwards that once it got out in the TV and the newspapers and the magazines, which it did, that someone might come forward. And they would say, well, my grandfather told me the story about this, and I think that might be him, or... I'm one of the actors in it, and that's me, or it's my friend, or, or, I, or I made the props for it, but nothing, absolutely nothing, not a word anywhere. So all we had to go on, of course, was the film itself. You know, was there anything in the film that would give it away, you know, um, the wrong kind of watch or the, the medical instruments were there yeah, the, from the wrong date? So we literally checked everything. Yeah, curly telephone cord. You know, the curly telephone cord, I mean, it didn't come as standard. You just paid a few dollars extra and you got a curly, curly cord. But it, it was all there. So looking at the film from just from that point of view, there was nothing that stood out. However, later on, it was then the, the turn of the special effects experts now, I, I was tipped off that it might be a special effects chap here in the UK, so I phoned him. He said, no, it's not me, but it might be so-and-so. So I'd ring the next chap and he said, no, it's not me, but it might be this fella. And I just went round and round in circles. However, there was a company in the States called the Truly Dangerous Company. And um, they literally got the film, sat there and watched it frame by frame. And they noticed slightly little things that, in their opinion, weren't right and and they were caught this was a, a special effect and you know they, they they published this and i literally printed that off sat there in front of the tv and did exactly the same as them and, and when you looked where they told you to look they could see little things that you think well something's not right here didn't prove anything but it cast the first suspicion so what i i did uh, in public and, and, and behind closed doors with Ray Santilli and his, and his, his colleagues, I, I supported him. I, you know, I patted him on the back, you know. But, but, you know, behind the scenes, I was paddling away like mad trying to find out what this film was. And, and I remember sitting in, in, a, in, a, in a restaurant in London with Ray. I told him straight to his face uh, one lunchtime that I would find out the truth about this film, whatever the truth may be. And he just smiled and shrugged his shoulders and said, 
I don't have a problem with that, Philip. You know, and that was it. And well, you know what? That's really playing poker. No, he's not going to say, oh, my God, he's going to expose me, is he? You know, just want to mention one thing, throw this in. When you mention looking at the film carefully, looking for things that are out of whack, in the movie business, that's called continuity. You know, where they they look at every element of a scene to make sure it reflects the era in which the movie takes place. And when you go from scene to scene or you shoot from one day to the next, you have to make sure everything's in the same place. I understand that, but everything was in the same place. It was just little things about how the body laid on the on the slab. Sure. And, and it, there's one instance when they're cutting the head open, for example, the head wobbles, and you see the gentleman put his hand on it to hold it still. In other words, it's not attached to the neck. You know, it's separate. There's no there's no spinal cord there. Little things like this. What is what is curious as well. And it, it didn't make much sense at the time, but I have a, a, fr- a friend of mine who was in the, the special effects business. And I said to him, if you were to make this film, if I was to pay you, you know, friends rates, mates rates, how much would it cost? And he said, oh, I reckon I could do it for about £30,000. So I said, OK. Didn't prove anything at that point, and, and we left it there. So what I used to do every now and again is I, I would rattle the tree uh, and slowly but surely, you know, bits of information started to appear. Started with the tent footage, which very few people have seen. I got a, I got an email saying, I know something about this. That led me to find the guys who were behind that and how the idea of the film first started. Eventually, I'm jumping forward in time now, a lot of years. A chap again contacted me and said, I've just seen an article of yours in UFO magazine about the alien autopsy film. Didn't realise there was any interest in it now, because this was 10, 12 years later. Well, I said, yeah, there is. So he said, well, my friend made the dummies for it. Are you interested? Well, sure am. So I met this chap. I met him in Manchester. And he wouldn't tell me who his friend was, but he gave me enough information to find out who he was. And it turns out it wasn't a special effects guy. He was a sculptor whose work at times overlapped into film and television. And his name was John Humphreys. And, and he was the man that made the, the dummies in the alien autopsy film. And I went to Bob Kiviat. Now, Bob's the guy who did the TV special Alien Autopsy Fact or Fiction in the States. He was the producer. And through Bob, we found out a bit more about this chap, and he was willing to go on the record. And then all of a sudden, everything ceased because Ray Santilli and his colleagues were making a movie about the alien autopsy. And they'd signed John Humphreys up to make the dummies for them again, so he couldn't speak anymore. And and then, again, out of the blue, John had given us a name. John Humphreys had given us a name, and he said, you really should be speaking to Spiros. That was it. Spiros who? What, what is Spiros? A friend of mine, again, because we, we'd made a little homemade DVD, we got a, an email, and it was from a chap called Spiros Malaris in London. So he passed it on to me, spoke to Spiros, and as soon as I spoke to him, I knew we'd got our man. He was the man, the mastermind behind it all. He's a magician. Uh, he served his apprenticeship as a, as a mechanic, so he's, got, he's an artist. And he literally... Um, was was took to Ray Santilli's idea 
and said, I'll make a film for you. And guess how much it cost? Remember I was telling you about my special effects friend? £30,000. £30,000. It wasn't a bad guess for him, was it? And Spiros had all his documentary evidence. I've been to his house. I've seen his files, his diaries. He even did a storyboard, you know, uh, faxes from Kodak, having all the film code on it. And he's going to do even more. He was going to build a scene whereby, you know, you could see President Truman in it. He was going to have the face done, the whole lot, the whole nine yards, as you would say. And I thought, game over. You know, that is it. And there's no no getting away from it. Spiros is the man behind it all. Just just to clarify here. So Santilli says he, he had some original footage that was real. And he had some this guy come in and go ahead and match that footage to expand the amount of uh, footage that appeared to be there. Before we have that answer, let's just pause here for a moment. We have Philip Mantle talking about the disassembling of the alien autopsy film. And a lot more to come about that and other subjects with Gene and with Chris. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. 
This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using the computer, or, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you're having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis, 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly certified computer repair experts, available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out Slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's Slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Before we get back to Philip Mantle and continue the story about the alien autopsy film and exposing what went on, I want to tell you about the fact that we've got a second radio show that you may not have heard of before. It's called After the Powercast. And it's available exclusively for people who subscribe to the Paracast Plus. The Paracast Plus offers a host of options, commercial-free version of this show, after the Paracast, which can be a continuation of the interview or general chit-chat or something completely out of the blue. We never know. Other content we have there, a video channel. Our friend Paul Kimball, who was our guest last week on the Paracast, has put up episodes of his other Side of Truth podcasts, including a brand new episode with Greg Bishop, videos, a lot more. You've got to check it out. Plus.theparacast.com. That's P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. Subscriptions start at $4.99 a month. We have Philip Mantle, longtime researcher on UFOs from the UK. We're talking about the alien autopsy. And when we stop, Philip, you mentioned here that Supposedly or allegedly, there was a real film, but this fake film was created to expand it? <laughs> well, that was Antilles story. But sure. In reality, it's totally different. What happened was, and I've even spoke to the gentleman who, who made the initial comments, Ray and a number of colleagues used to have a kind of brainstorming session. You know, to try and make money. They were filmmakers. Spiros was a filmmaker. You know, he had his own crew. 
uh, and he, he'd do pop videos and all this kind of stuff. And Rick Santilli was in uh, the offices of a company called AK Music. They used to do a lot of uh, karaoke stuff and things like that. One of their um, um, employees, a chap called Phil Jarman, uh, just had a book about Roswell, and he just, again, off the cuff to Mark, he said, wouldn't it be great if we had some Roswell footage? Now, the owner of AK Music was Keith Bateman. Keith is a real character. So he took this idea, and he went and made what we now call the tent footage. It lasts about eight minutes long. It, it was actually filmed in a barn, but he, he told everybody it was a, it was a tent. Uh, and there's a creature on the slab, and there's two men in white coats behind it pulling giblets out, and, and, and there's a man walks in front of the camera now and again. Very poor quality, quite dark. But that was Keith. Keith made that, you know? And the, the sort of surgeons in it worked for him. They were his employees. So we got our first breakthrough. Santilli just, you know, denied any, any knowledge of it and cast doubt on the film and so on. So that's where the film, the idea, first originated. And Santilli met uh, Spiros at a TV uh, event in, in France. Again, just by chance, they didn't know each other, and they were all vying for business. And uh, Spiros went to Ray's office, and he, Ray tried to spin him this story about the mysterious cameraman, and he showed him the tent footage, and he says, come on, Ray, you know, I, I make films. That has never seen a piece of film. It's on video, and it was shot on video. And Ray pretended he'd been conned then. So Spiros, again, he's a real nice guy, a real character, said, well, how about I make you a film? And they got the money from a chap called Volker Spielberg, which was Ray's business partner over in Germany. And he made it. You know, him and Humphreys and, and uh, one or two others all joined in and they made the Alien Autopsy film. Uh, and they made two versions of it. The first one they made, uh, when they fit, would watch the film back, they'd made an error in it that if you saw it, it would have given the game away straight away. So they left it, they went back the next day, they'd made a, another dummy from the mould. Again, there was a problem with it, there was a hole in the leg, um, you know, an air pocket, so they decided to get some bones from the butchers and some bits and pieces and stick that in there, and it worked. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the rest is history. But, according to Spiros, the idea wasn't to sell this and make money. The idea was to release it and then a few months down the line, you know, hold their hand up and admit it, saying we did it as a prank. They'd hoped to fool people, and that way, guys would say, well, these are clever fellas, you know, making this and fooling that, that they might get some more work from it. But, of course, Santilli, you know, cried, put the poor tail, he kept saying, well, I haven't got my money back from it and all this lot. So Spiros disappeared into the, you know, into the distance wasn't interested in UFOs, he got his own business to run, and, and off he went. And it was only when news circulated about the, uh, the alien autopsy movie being made that Spiros went online and looked you know, at what had happened with the alien autopsy film and was astonished. And, and that's why he came out of the woodwork. He was absolutely astonished. Uh, and... Even more astonished when I told him how much money had been made out of it, not by me, but by Santillian Company. 
So he went on the record, you know, I've interviewed him. He spoke at one of our conferences. Like, and like I say, he showed me all his documentary evidence. He's writing his own book, um, which will come out at some point. And, uh, you know, that well, was... Do we know how much uh, Fox paid? Uh, what yeah. kind of deal Kvyat was able to make for the film? $50,000 plus a share of the video sales. Well, that's not bad. Not bad. It made a little bit of money. I mean, it cost 30 plus to make, so... Yeah, but 30 plus, which he didn't pay, by the way. <laughs> and well, I'll swap anybody. I'll give anybody 30000 It will give me 250000 in return, plus a share of the video sales. And that was just one country. You know, don't forget all the others. I mean, for example, the first stills were shown in a magazine in France, and it's called VSD. They paid $60,000. Wow, they paid more for some single stills. <laughs> I mean, when the when the news first broke about it, the, I had you know people on the end of the telephone here, you know, flashing their checkbook so to speak. But I had nothing that I could give them. It wasn't my film. Um, and literally, it was name your price, and that's what Santilli did. It was almost like an auction, and people around the world bought it. Was even shown in Russia, you know. And I know the two guys that showed it. And um, it was an amazing matter. Then he made the movie, and you won't, probably won't know that the main characters in it, that the two guys who played Ray Santilli and his business partner, they're called here Ant and Deck. And they're a, a famous double act here. They started off as child actors, then they had some, a pop music career, and now they're TV presenters. And they are, you know, really well known here. But they played the main characters in the movie. Of course, again, just by chance, I was working for a small publisher then, and her boyfriend was a uh, barrister. And he just happened to know Ray Santilli. And Ray Santilli showed him a copy of the contract um, for the movie uh, and said, we look it over for us. And lo and behold, you know, I got a look at it as well. So I knew, I knew what was going on. And they made a ton of money. Make, make no mistake about it. Yeah. So is well, this something then, if we're looking at this thing objectively, this is something that maybe did a lot more than they originally expected or hoped for? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I said, when I first went to Ray Santilli's office, his uh, intention was to sell it on video only, you know, and he even had flyers made, which I still have one, where you could order it. Because this was the day before the internet. There was no online shopping or anything like that. And I think he was charging $50 a time for it. And some people did buy it. I mean, I have a copy of the video here, uh, both in Impal and NTSC. And um, it was only when the, the story leaked out to the press uh, that then the TV and the newspapers and the magazines became involved. Most of them through me to begin with, because my name was associated with it. They could find me in the phone book. They couldn't find Ray Santilli. So the calls came to me and I passed them on. And I, I kid you not, I've kept some of the, the, the facts. Some have faded now, but they were coming through literally from Australia and, and all points in between. You know, that's how crazy it went. And, uh, and Santilli set up a screening in, in March at the uh, University of London, sorry, the Museum of London. And a lot of the people in there were the press and the media and the TV executives, and they showed it. And that's, that, you know, the deals were then on the table, you know, and um, there was never any real film. There was no pieces of film. It was all a con right from day one. Right from day one. Okay, because the story did come out 
that um, to try to, I guess, maybe drum up uh, <laughs> publicity for the re-release or something. That oh, you know, some of the footage was real, and Santilli wanted to expand it, and so he had people come in and try to duplicate the footage, uh, you know, additional scenes and that sort of thing. But you're saying that the whole thing, 100%, was just a pure out-and-out hoax. Let's continue with that in our next segment. The response from Philip Mantle as we get to the end of this story of the alien autopsy film. With Gene and with Chris, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset Jeans, here to wish you all a Merry Christmas. For over 20 years, we have built a loyal customer base with 100% American-made jeans featuring enhanced fit, comfort, durability, and style. Today, all of our inventory is discounted by 20%, so don't delay. Enjoy a wonderful shopping experience at gusset.com. Thanks for keeping our American dream alive, the original Diamond Gusset Gene. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we're going to move to other subjects first, but let's wrap up the alien autopsy story. Philip? Yep. So in response to Chris's comment. So it was 100%. It it was just a hoax from, from the word go. Oh, absolutely. There's no question about it. One big con. Speaking about hoaxes, now that we have the Internet and uh, we have so many of these uh, sites with spooky music and and uh, real good graphics coming out with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of purported UFO photographs and, and videos and uh, having a little bit of knowledge about how to um, analyze um, film and video. 
I can pretty much safely say that uh, 95 to 99 percent of these, if not outright hoaxes, are uh, insects, birds, natural natural objects, inexplicable drops of water on windows, reflections in, in windows, that sort of thing. Now that we have such affordable technology that's off the shelf that any bratty <laughs> 10-year-old could become proficient with and create all sorts of of, of impressive-looking purported evidence, how are we going to uh, deal with this in the field? I mean, should we just consider it, if it's on the Internet, to be a hoax, just kind of just assume that it's a hoax and, and let uh, you know better heads prevail? What are we going to do? Well, it's an interesting question. I mean, literally just today a chap said, have you seen the uh, the videos coming out of Turkey? Uh, and I had seen some of them, and I said, that, well, therein lies your problem. You know, it's it's online, and um, you can't say for sure what is real and what isn't anymore. And I tend to ignore anything that goes on YouTube and look at it purely as entertainment. I mean, I, I try and put myself in, 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 you know, in such a circumstance. If I was out tonight or tomorrow and I'd film something that I honestly believe was inexplicable, the last thing I would do with it is put it on YouTube or any other website or anything else. It's as simple as that. So I tend to ignore it. But what I can, what I have been doing, and again, I've just finished it, some of it today. I've been going back through my old files because I'm one of the old boys now. I'm nearly 60. And I've, I've written an article about some photographs that were taken not far from where I live by a, a, a serving police officer at the time back in 1983. And, of course, there was no... You know, home computers in those times, not at all. But there was an organization in the States called Ground Saucer Watch, run by William Spaulding, who did computer image enhancement. Photographs were sent to, to Bill Spaulding, and they came back as unidentified. They gave up. There's a whole list of items, that it, the, the reasons why, uh, which I won't bore you with. So I've tended to rely on some of the older stuff than perhaps what you see online today. However, I've written this particular photo case up and we're going to publish it later. I have put it at the bottom. It would be interesting to see what today's technology makes of these old photographs. And, and, and we'll see if anything happens with that. So if, you, if, if somebody says, oh, have you seen such and such on YouTube? It goes in one ear and comes out the other, I'm afraid for me. Simple as that. Earlier on, you mentioned um, Russia. Now, I know your good friends and, and a co-author with Paul Stonehill, who in many people's eyes, including my own, is probably our our most knowledgeable expert on UFO sightings uh, in Russia and uh, the former Soviet Union. You've co-written a number of books with him, and you don't really hear in the United States very in-depth uh, reporting about uh, cases from over there. And speaking with Paul, he, he just blew my mind with some of the quality cases that have occurred over there, you know, since the start of the modern age of ufology. And and uh, especially now, things appear to be much more uh, open, and uh, the possibilities of information getting out seem to be greater than, than it was, let's say, uh, you know, pre-1989-90. Why don't you give us uh, a kind of a thumbnail sketch of your relationship with Paul, kind of briefly um, give us a, a sense of your work with him, and then, you know, time permitting, we can have, uh, <laughs> we can have you possibly give us some of your favorite uh, cases from behind uh, the former uh, Iron Curtain and in today's Russia. Yeah, I mean, again, we go back to 1987. 
the official news agency of the Soviet Union was called TASS, T-A-S-S. And they released a story about a UFO landing in a place called Voronezh in, in Russia. And it complete with tall humanoid beings and it left marks behind, etc., etc. And somehow they got hold of my telephone number and I was interviewed by a newspaper in Russia called Izvestia. I think that's how I pronounce it correctly. It was a national newspaper. And I couldn't say an awful lot because all I'd seen was the, the TASS press release. Out of the blue, they, you know, this came. So they published my, my comments. And in this, they sent me a copy of the uh, newspaper. Obviously, I couldn't read it. But apparently all it said was Philip Mantle, UFOs, Batley, which is the town I used to live in, England. That's, that's how I was referred to. And then slowly but surely... These letters started to appear through my letterbox saying Philip Mantle, UFOs, Batley, England. And they, they found their way to me from both UFO researchers and the general public uh, in the Soviet Union. And then a few books came and then more stuff came and more and more. And got to the stage where I had a pile of these things and, and, and I'd heard of Paul. So I got in touch with him and I explained what had been happening. And Paul said, well, I've got loads of stuff, you know. So I said, Paul, I want you to have a look at this because I can't read the vast majority of it. It's all in Russian. So I put it in a box. And I sent it to him by, by Federal Express. Uh, and I won't repeat the words he said when it, when it arrived because most of it he didn't know because it had come from the general public, people just writing to me. And then, of course, as the, the, you know, the, the Soviet Union uh, crumbled and the Berlin Wall came down, then it was much easier to keep in contact with the people that I'd been in contact with and Paul had, and then the internet and email and all that kind of thing helped enormously. But the one thing that helped probably more than anything else, that for those that don't know, Paul originally come from the Ukraine. He could speak and read and write Russia. So we had no problems uh, for once with the language barrier, uh, and that then opened the doors. So we decided you know, we better let somebody know about this material, and we published it accordingly, and still are doing, you know, it, was, it never stops. Uh, and there was, you know, there's more information there than than, than, than people realise, and uh, we just don't have the time and, and the finances to, to do more than we do, but um, it's just absolutely fascinating what came out of Russia, and still does. Now, in terms of sightings in Russia and we all think about Putin and all the control over the messages there. What happens to people who dare to report sightings in Russia? Is there a problem with that or it doesn't matter? No, there's no, there's no problem now, Gene. Um, there was, under the old Soviet regime, uh, there was a time when to study UFOs was what they called a banned subject. And, and if you were caught, you could literally be sent to the gulag, you know, literally, or even worse. Uh, it was unlikely, but that was, you know, a possibility uh, under the old uh, regime. Uh, however, what we found out, there was an incident that happened, and I can't pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try, on the border between uh, the Soviet Union and, and, and China. What it did, the military were there, and this sighting, it took out all their uh, telecommunications, so they couldn't contact anybody. And it really made the, the Soviets sit up uh, and take notice. And what they did, unbeknown to us here in the West, as a result of that, 
everybody, and I mean everybody who was in the Soviet military, and we're talking of a few million people at this time, you know, from the lowest of the lowest to the highest of the highs, were instructed to officially report any UFO sightings. And uh, report it to the infamous KGB. And once the building wall came down, of course, those files, the, the KGB files, were released. And, and we in the West were totally oblivious to them. And it's today is the biggest of, uh, government, official government UFO study ever done. Uh, and we were looking again to get him translated to English and published them. You know, I want to ask you more about that in a moment. We have Philip Mantle talking about sightings in Russia with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e-soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Honey, what is that in your CPAP mask? Oh, that's just my mold collection. Oh, gross! And what is that? What, that bacteria colony right there? Yeah, cool, huh? Okay, CPAP users, admit it. You're not always as careful about cleaning your system as you should be. Unfortunately, a dirty mask and hose can make you sick. Respiratory infections, allergy attacks, and more. But now there's an easy way to protect yourself. SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of CPAP germs in minutes. For a limited time, you can try it risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-944-1065. SoClean is hands-free. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto, your CPAP comes out clean and fresh in minutes. Don't let germs wreak havoc on your health. Call in the next 10 minutes for your risk-free trial. 1-800-944-1065. That's 1-800-944-1065. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey water filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey water filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey water filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough 
off to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com, spelled Big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, WaterFilters.com, or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y. Gift well this Christmas. Give a Big Berkey water filter. The EPA says the air in our homes is up to five times more contaminated than outside air. The solution is not just to filter your air, but detox it. UVforlife.com now offers a doctor-recommended UVforlife.com sterilization unit to kill over 99% of viruses, bacteria, molds, and dangerous chemicals. Go to UVforlife.com. Add promo code GCN at checkout to save $100. That's UV, the number four, life.com. UVforlife.com. Don't just filter your air. Detox it. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Chris is hiding in Russia right now in case they find out. Is there any official government position on this or have they ever commented on it, Philip? No, there isn't. I mean, I have, I've had Russian scientists come stay with me who were involved in these studies. And, um, you know, I even had a, a, a former KGB officer come stay with me. At the same time, <laughs> they didn't get on, they wouldn't talk to each other, you know, the military and the uh, uh, academics. Uh, but no, no, I mean, they were quite open-minded about it. If there was any knowledge to be had, of course, they wanted to be the, the first to get it. Certainly, certainly more than, you know, getting more than the, the Americans. I remember talking to Paul um, at one point uh, in editing an interview that we did for the Disclosure Dialogues project. And he mentioned a really amazing case that uh, allegedly took place in Lake Bacall where a giant humanoid kind of underwater merman had been sighted, I guess, by locals. And the government sent a team of divers to... Uh, uh, to investigate. Do, do you recall that particular case? Yeah, absolutely. Lake Baikal, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, the biggest lake of its kind in, in continental Europe. Not only that, when you, when you, we call that particular incident the swimmers, because when they, when the, the Navy got there, they sent the divers down and they could see these creatures apparently, but they couldn't reach them because, you know, we couldn't dive that far. They couldn't scuba dive down uh, far enough to, to actually get hold of them. What we did, and we've written a book called Russia's USO Secrets, and when you study the area, you realize that a lot of things happened around that area, what we'd now class as paranormal. And these beings, for want of a better word, were only part of it. And not only was it happening then, it had been happening down the decades. It was nothing new. It was one of those areas that, you know, anything, everything. Uh, and these incidents were firmly placed and cemented in the local uh, myth and legend and folklore of, of the surrounding area. And, it, and it, you know, it's, it's baffling. I'm absolutely baffling, you know, as, as simple as that. I have, I have no explanation for it. So we know it as the swimmers. You know, what do you make of it? I, I honestly don't know. There's stories coming out, and I think I, I've seen this in print, that at one point this thing attacked some of the uh, diving personnel, and one guy was literally thrown out of the water, 
so violently that when he hit the ground, he died? Do you recall that little detail, or is this embellishment that's kind of taken on a life of its own? You have to be careful because there is, you know, myth and folklore involved, and some some aspects of it do take a life on it of its own. But what we did find that this wasn't, a, you know, one-off incident with the uh, the Soviet Navy, both military and, and maritime, and time after time that we we kept, you know, we found other encounters, not necessarily exactly the same as this, but certainly encounters out at sea or under the water and just over the water. And of course, some of them, you know, the Russians thought they were, it's like the old Foo Fighter days, you know, when, when the, uh, the pilots during the Second World War saw these strange craft, they assumed it was the Nazis. The Nazis assumed it was us. And it's the same with the USOs, you know, when the, 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 the Soviet submarine fleet has been out and they've heard and, and recorded these things, they think, well, it must be the, it must be the Russians. And, and in return... Americans think eh, it must be the Russians. So one thinks it's the Americans, the other thinks it's the Russians. And of course, eh, when truth be told, it's, it's neither of them. You know, it, 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 we don't know what it is. So it's, it's almost a replay of the old full fighter phenomenon, but underwater instead. So sometimes when you when you you you, you know you read about one of these accounts, like in Lake Baikal, it then t- takes you off on a tangent, and other information comes in from unexpected areas. It will never surprise me what drops to our letterbox next, uh, not just from Russia, but from anywhere. Right. Mountain of information, an absolute mountain. And like you say, hardly anybody knows about it. And it's, you know, it's just not right. So do you think that there's a lot of activity that happens in the Far East, in Russia in particular, uh, that's not being reported, that um, is just part of their everyday uh, existence? Well, yeah, I mean, we have to remember uh, although the Soviet Union's gone, but Russia is the, still the biggest country in the world. You know, I, I live in little old England. I'm talking about, you know, in, in, in area. Sure. And well, it spans, uh, well, 11 time zones, I think. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't get to grips with America when I went from one side to the other. Every time I got off the plane, I had to change, the, change my watch. Imagine doing that in, in Russia. But there <laughs> are vast, what I'm trying to get is there are vast areas in Russia where there's either nobody there or hardly anybody there. And, um, you know, to get any kind of information out of these areas is, is almost impossible. There's no restriction. It's just, just because of the way they are, as simple as that. You know, I remember back in the 90s, uh, the American TV show Sightings did a very intriguing episode um, covering an area that would be west of Moscow called the M Triangle. And I always thought that, boy, if I ever went over to that part of the world, that's one place that I'd want to go. Um, can you give a, give us a little uh, kind of a, a sense of this particular sort of very anomalous zone that uh, has kind of got a life of its own? Yeah, I mean, in, in Russia, they call them an, an anomalous zone. We in the West have called these areas uh, window areas. And some people are now calling them something else, and I don't, I don't, you know, but it's the same thing. It's just, but in the M zone, it's one of those areas, as we were explaining uh, earlier, that he- everything happens. You know, so you'll have strange orbs. And I'm not talking about these bits of dust that people photograph. I'm talking about balls of light that seem to be, in inverted commas, intelligent. You know, you will have apparitions of a whole host of different creatures. A lot are linked to what we would know in folklore. You will have hauntings, you will have poltergeists, you'll have Bigfoot, you know, whatever the Russian equivalent is to Bigfoot, all in this one area. 
you know, an, the M zone or the anomalous zone. And there's a few of those uh, in, in Russia, like I mentioned, the area around Lake Baikal. Uh, and this the M zone is one of them. And I've got a couple of photographs in one of my files of some of these balls of light that were photographed, you know, in that particular area, just the M zone. And when you look at ufology around the world, then similar things happen here. For example, uh, I was quite fortunate when I be became interested in this subject that there was areas in and around what we call the Yorkshire Dales National Park that we would today call it an anomalous zone. Because, you know, I, I was investigating the UFO sightings there, a lot of which were these strange balls of light. But once we put boots on the ground and went knocking on doors, and we talked to the, the villagers and people like this, and we got tales of the ghost dogs, you know, witches, uh, you know, you name it. It was all there, and it was all in this one area. So, like you say, but then all of a sudden it seems to disappear, you know. And then at some point in time, five, ten years later, bang, off we go again. Like Marfa, you know, the Marfa lights and things like that. And, and Russia is no different. But what you do find is that each... Um, country, the reports are influenced by its culture. For example, the landing at Voronezh, the beings that were reported were seven or eight feet tall. You know, you don't get that, certainly in America, you don't get around these parts either. Let's pursue that in our next segment. With Philip Mantle, the differences in UFO culture from country to country, because that raises so many interesting questions. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah! No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333.
Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507-800-478-1507-800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. Just want to remind you that we have the second radio show after the Paracast. We want you to listen to it. And the best way to support the show is to join the Paracast Plus which includes after the Paracast, a commercial-free version of this show. Also other features, videos, and other Side of Truth episodes, audio and video. Lots more coming. Go to plus, plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com, and you'll learn more. Philip Mantle is joining us talking about cultural differences in, say, the kind of creatures seen from country to country. Now, when you raise that, and this is a very common issue, in UFO research that we note. Doesn't that kind of go against the basic assumption that UFOs are just spaceships from other worlds and that therefore, if that's the case, if they're physical craft and none of the other stuff is involved, they would look the same from country to country. The creatures would look the same from country to country. That varies, opens up other possibilities, doesn't it? Absolutely, Jim. And it's not just country... It's a country island. If you get the history books out, look at the history of ufology. And we'll start with Kenneth Arnold. We'll start from that area. You know, we've got to have a starting point somewhere. You know, in the 1950s, we had the Space Brothers. Now, where have they gone? You know, we had the, the nice blonde-haired guys and beautiful women. Where have they gone? You know, later in the 60s, we get the, you know, different creatures. So it has evolved and like you say, the cultural influences are there to be seen. But again, you know, you've got to read the other reports and, and accounts from different parts of the world. It's only when you, you, you can do that 
you realise that you're looking at, you know, the cultural influence that uh, is, is embedded into this phenomena. We interpret it in our, our own way. But like what you're saying is if this truly was a, a spaceship from another world, then we should all view it exactly the same. The fact that we don't speaks volumes. But it, nonetheless, it doesn't take anything away from the sighting or the experience that the people are, or the individuals have, have undergone. You know, I gave the example there in Russia. Uh, that instant, because Russia likes to be the, you know, the Russian bear, big strong guys, you know, we can eat anything, we drink vodka. Their aliens were over seven feet tall. In America, which is the technological society, you know, the, the, the most powerful nation on earth at the moment, you know, you know the little grey guys came along. Here in Britain, we've had all kinds of things, you know. So there is, there is, you know, there's either dozens of alien races coming or there's something else happening. I would tend to follow the latter, but, you know, which I, I really don't know, but that, that's just my opinion. I'll give you an example. I've just put, you know, I've, I've published a couple of books, one from Poland, one from Russia. And again, when you read them, they're from the same sort of, Eastern European area, they're not that far apart, but again, you can see their cultural influences in the, what we call the close encounters. As simple as that. And it's an area that's been ignored for a long time. But people like Jacques Vallée have looked into it and one or two others. But uh, it's absolutely fascinating. And, and anyone can go and see it. It's not, a, you know, you don't have to believe me and go and check it for yourself. Well, you know, what, just one thing that occurs to me is you describe these differences from culture to culture, country to country. Now, a couple of weeks back, we featured Jan Harzam, the executive director of MUFON. And one of the things that kind of bothered me or concerned me is the fact that when they send their investigators in to check out a sighting, the questions are focused on the event, not the witness. So, you know, I'd ask questions like, well, you know, some people report strange odors preceding a paranormal event. Is that part of your program? Well, if the person volunteers it. They don't think of the individual. They don't look for differences like that. They just look at UFOs are separate from the witness. They're just there. And if you happen to be lucky enough or unlucky enough to see them, well, they'll get that information. They'll record it. But that's overlooking an entire class of information about the subject, don't you think? Absolutely. I'm, you know, I've been asked, is there any, you know, particular person or type of person that will have these experiences? I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about, you know, any any type. And we had a, I had a colleague who was sadly no longer with us, uh, lived in London, called Ken Phillips. And that's precisely what Ken and some professional um, psychologists were doing, uh, they didn't look at what the witnesses' account was, although they did make a record of it, but they looked at the witnesses themselves. I can't remember the name of the project he did, but it, it ran for years, and they were trying to find, you know, if there was a common denominator. And I'm um, sorry when he died, the project ended, but at that point he hadn't found one. But, you know, Ken and, and his, I think it was called the Anamnesis Project. I don't know what that means. But they were looking at the people and uh, not not the experience. Because at the end of the day, with most UFO sightings, that's all you have. You know, you have a person or individuals and will explain what they have seen or whatever. 
Uh, there's no phys- they don't have any physical evidence. So surely, if you, you know, it's like, you know, uh, uh, the police would do a profile on someone, you know? Would, shouldn't we be doing the same? Uh, I think we should. But the way immune from act like that is, is they're acting as if they already know the answer. You know, UFOs are alien spaceships, and we're just looking for more evidence to prove that. Well, that's well the then they're that's not looking into the UFO mystery. They're looking at the UFO answer. Well, yeah, they've already, you know, they, you know, they, they think well, they've already got it. This just confirms their 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 belief system, really. And I think it's the wrong way to go about it. I, I certainly don't look at it that way. You know, I look upon my, I won't call it a job, but my experience is trying to document this in, in whatever way I can. Hopefully somebody somewhere at a later date may be able to make sense of it all because as, as it stands at this moment in time, we can't. It, it, you know, it's as simple as that. I mean, not only that, let's assume, you know, for the sake of argument that UFOs are alien spaceships from wherever. You've got to ask us first, how did they find us? You know, it's an awful big universe out there. And then when they get here, you know, they look pretty much like us by most accounts. You know, head, two eyes, two arms, two legs. What's, what's the odds on that? You know, we look at the diversity of life on our own planet. You know, just to give you an example. And not only is there one species of them, again, I, I showed a chap, a, 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 you know, a, a montage of them. There's all different kinds of, you know, humanoids supposedly visiting us. So, you know, is this is this a holiday park? Or, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't add up. It, it, for me, anyway, that, that's my own personal opinion. Nobody has to share. It's just fine. It doesn't. Yeah, looking at British ufology, I know you've had books that cover other countries. Are there large national organizations that are in any way equivalent to a MUFON? No. There used to be. Um, there was the British UFO Research Association, of which sure. I was a member for, for many, many years. Sadly, it, it's, it's only it's still it's still going, but it's, it's only a shadow of its former self, I'm afraid. There are some smaller you know, UFO groups up and down the country, but uh, all of that changed uh, when the internet came along. And, and old boys like me who's been at it a long time, a few and far between. Not only that, when we used to have these groups, group meetings and things like that, you would see the next generation of people coming along. Well, I don't see that anymore. You know, I don't see the young people trying to kick me out of my chair and saying, you know, I'm taking over. Because I remember when we did that, you know, when I was a young fella. Right. <laughs> absolutely. And it's only right. You know, I have no problem with it, but I don't see that. So maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe the internet generation is going to prove us all wrong, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, go to Vegas and and bet on that. <laughs> well, I'm the same, but we never know. We never know what's around the corner, do we? Well, we don't, but we do have some questions in our question bank, where our listeners are able to log in and post questions uh, so that we can ask our guests. And we have some uh, real up up to speed and, and very intelligent uh, listenership and uh, forum community. And Spectre seventy three has a good question, and he's wondering, Philip, what would be your explanation on the lack of close encounters of the third kind in recent years, and do you know of any recent cases there in England? Let's hold that answer for a moment. Philip Mantle will answer about close encounter cases and more with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive PowerCast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the PowerCast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a PowerCast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. You go to store.thepowercast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Attention small business owners. Want to save money on your employee health insurance plan? Learn the little-known solution that could save thousands of dollars on your health insurance benefits and save your employees money, too. Call Health Markets for a free consultation, and one of our 3,000 local agents will show you how to make health care reform work for you. We'll design customized solutions for your business that can lower health care costs for you and your employees. We'll work directly with you to determine your needs. We search thousands of health plans from over 180 health insurance companies nationwide. You'll also find out if tax credits could save you money. Best of all, the service is free of charge. See why Health Markets has enrolled Americans in more than 2 million insurance policies. You don't have to wait for open enrollment to lower your cost. Call now. Find out how much you and your employees could be saving. Representatives are standing by to assist you. Call 800-930-5137. That's 800-930-5137. 800-930-5137. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, 
get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Philip Mantle, what about recent close encounter cases? Good question. And the answer to it is no. I I can't recollect any. And again, uh, not just from the UK, but from, from anywhere, really. Again, if you, if, you, if you look at the literature historically, the sightings, we'll call them sightings, of these experiences, the close encounters, seem to have peaks and troughs when they're reported. For example, here in the UK, the, certainly the late 1970s over into the early 1980s, was a whole host of these uh, close encounters. And I've got some of the files here. I wasn't personally involved in some of them, but I've got the files. And then it, it falls away. And then, you know, there's a time period later on, up it pops again. That seems to happen in different countries around the world. Well, it we- seems to follow the release of uh, popular uh, E.T. theme movies. Of course, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out. You had a big peak of reports that kind of, in some ways, mirrored uh, the movie, that kind of fades out. Then you have the big book Communion comes out, and all of a sudden there's all these abduction cases that seem to crop up uh, for a number of years, and then that fades away. Then Independence Day comes out, and all of a sudden you have big, huge ships that are blocking out the sky. If this is true, and we do see some sort of correlation with uh, with media projects, the culture, do you think that there's a possibility that that the culture itself is manufacturing real events uh, that tend to mimic or mirror popular uh, memes uh, that have been propagated in the culture? Is not that a possibility? Not at all. I mean, you know, we're influenced by pop culture in a whole host of ways, and, and UFOs is no exception. I'll give, you, I'll give you one example that has nothing to do with pop culture. A friend of mine called Cynthia Hind. Cynthia's, again, sadly no longer with us, but Cynthia was from Zimbabwe in Africa. And she not only did she research the phenomenon in, in her own country, but she went, you know, across Africa. And she was interviewing one tribal chief. And even then when she was interviewing him, a lot of years back now, he did there was no electricity. And the chief reported to her, he'd had this sighting, and he saw this silver suited entity. So Cynthia said to him, Well what do you think this entity was, Chief? And he says well, it's the spirits of our ancestors. She says, well, how can it be? Your ancestors wore animal skins and a loincloth. And he said, times change, <laughs> you know. And, and there was no influence there from Western culture. There was no close encounters. There was no communion. And Cynthia also made us laugh, of course, because she, the tribe, I think 120 years prior to that, had, had actually been cannibals. And Cynthia was a large lady. Uh, in, in, and she said... <laughs> <laughs> Live on stage, she said, if they tried to eat me, it'd take them a month. You know what I mean? <laughs> but there was no <laughs> pop culture influence in this part of the world. It's as simple as that. So, you know, whatever the UFO phenomenon is, it's there. And it can be influenced, you know, 
by popular culture, but even if you were to strip pop culture away, it is still there. Yeah. Yeah, there is something at the core of it because we have too many uh, cases that, that stretch back before the advent of real uh, technology, high technology. And that's why Chris Aubeck and Jacques Vallée's book, Wonders in the Sky, I think is a real seminal work and very important because it does demonstrate that there are very, very peculiar accounts that go all the way back, uh, hundreds, even thousands of years that, uh, you know, sort of, again, support that notion that there is something underlying that is real and, and manifests in a very real way. However, maybe some of the details are uh, somehow influenced by people's uh, preconceptions. Um, the the, uh, the Vronerich case, or I, I can't pronounce it, the one in Russia with the, the tall, almost robotic-looking humanoids, that, that I think is, is one of the better cases uh, from recent uh, decades because it it's so unusual and there's no other case really that I can think of that's remotely like it. And uh, very, very well documented too, I might add. Lots of witnesses, uh, multiple uh, from multiple the perspectives or, or angles into the events. And uh, you know, one of our questions is, is what's your favorite case? And I, I bet you that would be one that would be up there. What is your favorite case the that thing, you're... The thing about the Voronezh case, just, just briefly mention it, it was released, the information by the official Soviet press agency, TASS. Now, when they released it, the journalists in the, in the West contacted them and they, one of them said, are you joking? <laughs> and he got the typical Russian response, we don't joke. That was it. So you had to take it seriously. Now, it's difficult to say which is a favorite UFO sighting. You know, there's one that sticks. Well, there's a few, but there's one that sticks in my mind. A, because it, it happened not far from where I live. Now, my, my father was a coal miner all his life. This whole area where I live was all coal mines. He worked in the mines all, all his life. And in, in 1981, I got a call from a lady, and she said, you won't believe me. And that was her first words, you won't believe me. So I said, well, give me a chance. Anyway, myself and Mark Birdsell went to interview this lady in a town called Normanton, and it's a mining town. She was the same type of person that I'd grown up with. And basically, what was happening, it was the school holidays. You had four or five children out in the street playing a ball game, exact same ball game I played when I was their age. It was a lovely sunny day. The ball went up in the air. We saw this object come down at an angle, stop in midair, and then slowly drop to the ground nearby. They lived in a cul-de-sac, uh, and at the end of the cul-de-sac were some fields and a little stream and electricity pylons. So kids running the house, mum, 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 she was just washing the dishes after lunch. And they said, there's an aeroplane crashed. So she came out. She lived in an elevated house, so she could see across these fields. She says, you know, Philip, it looked like a Mexican hat, but grey in colour. So she got the children, off they went, towards this thing. At one point, you go down a small dip, and they lost sight of it. You come up the side of the hill, and there's a fence there, and they stood at this fence. And now in front of this thing was three uh, humanoid beings, all dressed in white. They, they didn't have gloves on. They were that close. You could see they had mittens big wedge on their boots and a big visor on their over their face, something in their hands. The kids tried to get over the fence, but the mum stopped them. And at this point, the three beings went behind this object. It rose vertically and shot off whence it had came. Not only did I interview her and the children, 
He even interviewed one of the children's friends. He didn't see it because he'd gone home for lunch. He came back and he told us of all the excitement and what have you. But again, it's not necessarily what these people have to say. It's the people themselves. It's not scientific. You know, this lady wouldn't let us take a photograph of her because she got her curls in. You know, she didn't want any publicity. Uh, you know, I run the story in a local newspaper, but I wasn't allowed to use her name or the location of where she lived. And there were kind of people I'd grown up with and known all my life. And uh, there's two, you have to look at it in two ways. Either they were telling the truth or they were lying. This was no misidentification. And I couldn't find any reason they were lying. Therefore, I accepted what they were saying as the truth. And that, you know, is, is one of the cases that's always stuck in my mind. I mean, she was as baffled as anyone was this, this Mrs. Westerman, she was called. And she expected it to be all over the newspapers because it was a lovely sunny day. There's, there's motorways in either direction. It's a built-up area. Or it certainly was there with all the mines. But nothing, not anything from nobody, not even the neighbours, you know. So that, that stands out for me. And it's one that very few people will ever have heard of. Happened in a small mining town called Normanton in West Yorkshire. And uh, it still leaves me scratching my head, gentlemen. Yeah, I, I can identify with that. Um, I investigated for 10 straight years in the San Luis Valley in Colorado, which, again, is one of your window areas or gateway areas, portal areas. Um, just incredible variety and at times intensity of activity that ebbed and flowed of real uh, pretty hardcore for six years out of those 10 years where uh, I was put 300,000 miles on my truck in uh, in six years. And, you know, I'm wondering if there's um, if there's a reason for that. Have you ever figured out why certain areas or do you have any theories on why certain areas have uh, unusual events that seem to cluster there and there seems to be a variety intensity of these uh, events uh, in these areas. So any theories? Let's go into the so-called window areas, areas that seem to attract an unusual amount of paranormal activity. In our next segment, this will give you a chance to take a quick breather. Or if you're a member of the Paracast Plus, it'll all happen in about 10 seconds or so. Remember, go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com to learn how to get after the Paracast and all the other great features. We have Philip Mantle who's going to answer that question about areas that seem to attract unusual amounts of strange activity. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Did you know your car can be hacked just like your computer or phone? Hackers can hijack the signal of your own key fob to burglarize your vehicle in seconds. The Black Hole Faraday Key Fob Bag is a signal impenetrable shield that stops these hacks in their tracks. Protect one of your most valuable assets. Go to HackProofBag.com. That's HackProofBag.com. And use promo code RADIO to get 20% off. Or call 805-222-4584. 805-222-4584. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. In response to that question about window areas, portals, whatever you want to call it, Philip Mantle? Yeah, I mean, there was a colleague of mine called Albert Budden. And Albert, you know, lived and worked in London. He was a science teacher. Albert did a lot of research into this particular area. I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying he's wrong. But what Albert eventually came up with, after many years of study, and I'm talking, you know, face-to-face study, not just, you know, sat behind a desk, was that areas in the ground giving off an electromagnetic discharge. And these can be areas where there's uh, fault lines, uh, large bodies of water that puts the earth under pressure and so on. And there's also now man-made ones like, you know, mobile phone masks and so on. And that if you are, this is the simplest way I can put it because I'm not a scientist, if you are allergic to these electromagnetic forces, then if you step into them, and they're not always there all the time, then you can have what I would call a paranormal experience. And that's why in these areas you get a whole host of things. You get, you know, your UFO sightings, you get the ghost dogs, the phantom dogs, whatever, all in one area where it is naturally produced or man-made. So it's not anything, it's there. And that's why it would explain why these experiences seem to take place in these areas down the decades. And they have peaks and troughs because the, the electromagnetic forces have peaks and troughs to go with it. And that's why, you know, 100 years ago, they would describe it as, you know, the elves or whatever. But today we call it the aliens. It's an interesting theory. In conjunction with that, Albert claims that where these forces can be naturally uh, made, uh, they can give off a ball of light, a ball of plasma. Again, these are electrically charged. And if you get too close to them, uh, they're now called UAPs, Unidentified Atmospheric Phenomena. They can, for want of a better word, create in your head an illusion. But you, to you, it's all intents and purposes is real. But of course, your culture will decide what that reality is. Hence all the different types of aliens. Hence all the different types of experiences. Hence why the gentleman's question asks, well, why don't these don't get many of these accounts nowadays? Perhaps we're in one of those troughs. 
And it's a, it's a fascinating way to look at it. It really is. And again, Albert wrote a couple of books about it. I have them here. Uh, I would recommend them. Also, Paul Devereaux, uh, his Earthlights books. They're certainly worth a read. Uh, and it offers a possible explanation, but people tend to dismiss it because it's not as exotic as aliens from space. It is something that's, you know, right under our feet, quite literally, or could be. Uh, again, you know, it's just a possibility. It makes a lot of sense to me. It's still that's just one man's research. Uh, there may be others that have looked into this that I'm not aware of. What do you guys think? Do you think there's any <laughs> any way of accepting that kind of idea? Absolutely. I've kind of come up with my own formula that combines uh, unusual geophysical properties with a tradition of strangeness that goes back in generations and oftentimes a military interest in the area, uh, some sort of uh, military presence, an especially hot spot area, a hotter hot spot area. They're trying to expand their, their presence. You know, I find if an area has these four or five elements in it, that chances are you've uh, you've got a, a place that's that's uh, ripe for for investigation, and uh, the San Luis Valley has all those things. There's one of the largest rift valleys in the world. There's alternating clay and water uh, underground, which create uh, gravitic lows. There's minimum and maximum field strength uh, magnetic anomalies that are in close proximity to one another. Um, these are all elements. I think if you combine them. You find a place that has all these elements, you'll have a, a rich tradition, a cultural tradition of, or subcultural tradition of strange beings, of, of strange experiences. And indigenous people will have sacred sites in these areas and tend to, uh, you'll, you'll find uh, evidence of, uh, of some sort of worship or um, uh, reverence for these areas by indigenous people, either existing today or and then all the way back into uh into prehistory so i i i agree and i think that not enough work has been done uh to really examine the effect of these types of uh geophysical uh energy properties uh, on the human brain My, michael persinger in canada has uh what's called the god helmet which uh sort of is a device that um is able to elicit um, strange <laughs> effects in the uh, the person wearing it, and uh, I think he's he's taking uh, your your scientist and and Devereaux one step further and actually coming up with technology that attempts to duplicate or mimic uh, these types of of psychological effects. Yeah, absolutely. So I, 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 that's an area you're right that we aren't doing enough uh, research and and uh, thinking about. You know, we can talk about the indigenous people and, and whatever you here in the UK, of course. You know, we've got all the stone circles. Some people talk about these energies coming from these, the, you know. So it, it, it's as simple as that. You know, I've, I've seen Persinger's work, and it, it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, and, and like you said, these things go down decades. And there can be a military interest. Now, our Ministry of Defence supposedly released all their UFO files. In amongst that, there was a release called the Condine Report, and it was a report that the MOD themselves had commissioned, that it was looking at what they called UAPs, Unidentified Atmospheric Phenomena. It's an official government study, you can get it online, and they were looking at these things to see if they were a form of energy, whether they could have an incorrect effect on 
uh, vehicles, airplanes, engines, that kind of thing. In other words, cause them to malfunction. Because we all know there's been cases, car stops and all that kind of thing. There seems to be an outside influence. Well, that's an official MOD research. So they were looking at it. So it wouldn't surprise me that if in other areas around the world, like the one you just mentioned, you know, also had a military interest. They're trying to get a grasp on this. But as yet, they've not managed to do so. Right. You know, when I hear you and Chris talk about peculiar situations, an area that attracts all this activity, and that people have more of a tendency to see something, that conveys the image that, and this is being a skeptical, I suppose, the image this is really not something that may have even an external reality, but that we're seeing things, and the atmospheric or surface conditions may make it possible for us to see things that really aren't there, have no external reality. Or maybe it's just making us sensitive to such things. How do we separate the real from the possible fantasy element, Chris and Philip? I wouldn't call it a fantasy. I think that's the incorrect term to use. It is a real experience. It's not a fantasy. And these areas don't attract phenomena. These areas actually create it. And and there could be an external uh, part to it, like the balls of light that I've, that I've said that, you know, because some people think, oh, these balls of light that I've seen close up, uh, there's some kind of intelligence um, connected to them. Well, I think the only intelligence connected to them is actually you. But nonetheless, they are physically real. It's not a fantasy. Uh, it's like saying, I don't condone this. A friend of mine, you know, way back when I had an experience in drugs. And he said, Philip, I sat here one day and I had a conversation with the devil. He was sat in the chair next to me and he was as real to me as you are now. And that was drug-induced. He knew what he was doing. But um, but it wasn't a fantasy. So call it a fantasy, a fantasy is, is not the way to look at it. You look at this as a bona fide experience that may take place in inner space rather than outer space. So that, what did the devil tell him? Did he end up becoming a born-again Christian? No, no, we sat there on a nice chat with him, you know, and it, it wasn't the fact of what the devil told him. It was the fact that he reacted and all his senses reacted as if there was a physical being sat in that chair next to him. When, of course, yeah. there wasn't. There was nobody there. But he said he was as real to me, Philip, as you are. Uh, and I've seen that on other subjects on TV under the influence of, of hypnosis, for example. So, you know, it's an altered state of consciousness, perhaps. It's another realm of reality, perhaps. But the cause lies beneath our feet and what's between our ears, and not from the heavens above. It's, it's a plausible nation. I'm not saying we should all you know, accept it. It is just one different way of looking at the phenomena. We have to break here, sir. Philip Mantle, we're looking at the reality behind all these events and what that might be. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e soft.de slash gene. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year, 
You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy and myself, want to show you how to get an extra paycheck every month, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have the aggressive Chris O'Brien right there. That was my devil voice. Aha, an aggressive devil. <laughs> I'd like to add something to what Philip was saying about manifesting 
phenomenon um, with a catalyst of being some sort of geophysical properties of a, a particular location. Now, you do have cases that have trace evidence, which would indicate that something is, in theory, something is physically manifesting and leaving evidence of its manifestation behind. Um, there are cases where people see the same apparent event that are many miles away that that would, in theory, not be, let's say, in close proximity to the type of properties that would be eliciting some sort of of event in a person's mind uh, who may be closer uh, and be a, like a primary witness. I've had um, a series of UFOs uh, that appeared uh, on one night because they were flying fairly high but large. Uh, quite a number of people saw them. And I got 17 reports from as far as 70 miles away of the primary witness who seemed to be right underneath the event. There are cases that don't quite fall into a blanket explanation like that. That's not to say that that, that explanation couldn't account for, you know, the explanation of um, manifesting uh, real events psychologically. It uh, doesn't, doesn't uh, mean that that particular theory is not behind uh, a number or quite possibly quite a large number of, of uh, personal experiences. But there are those cases that people are not in close proximity to a particular area or outside of that area that, that are seeing what seems to be the same thing. I had 17 reports in one night of a series of uh, events. Uh, there's three to five, depending on how you want to count them, because two of them joined together. So, you know, we, we do have that kind of wrinkle in the theory. Oh, yeah. But um, I, I agree that we need to do more cutting-edge research into these uh, these uh, hypotheticals and and really, really take it to the next level. Yeah. You know, we, we've got a couple of questions here that I want to cover. Then I'd like to get in, into some theorizing on your part of where we should take this uh, realm of investigation and, and whether it's even going to survive the passing of the, uh, the older generation, passing the torch on to the new generation. First of all, we have a question from Greer's Meeting Planner. How's that for a tag? <laughs> okay, anyway, sometimes I amuse myself. Anyway, Greer's Meeting Planner is very interested to know what your thoughts are and what your opinions on what happened at the Bentwaters December 1980 case. And he's wondering if we have enough data on this case to even make a, a robust hypothesis. Again, a great question. And well-timed, of course, because the event took place in December uh, 1980. And, and just as luck has had it today, I, I wrote an article for a small magazine called the Outer Limits magazine. You can find it online. I interviewed a chap who was at Bentwaters at the time. He was United States military, uh, and he hadn't gone on the record before. His name was, was Steve. I have his full name in the article. And he confirmed some things that other people had said, you know, and confirmed that it was a nuclear facility. The one problem with Bentwaters, like many other well-known cases, Roswell is a prime example, it tends to evolve. If you go back and look at the events that happened at Bentwaters in 1980, December 26, we had reports of some lights in Rendlesham Forest. It's two air bases, both American, and in between is, is, is common land, which is the forest. You know, that's for those that don't know. Security guards were sent to dispatch and have a look at these lights. Jumping right up to today, it has evolved from a simple sighting of some strange lights in the forest to a time machine from the future. 
You know, our future, it, it, it was us. It, it had broken down and wanted fixing or whatever. What happened in between? It's grown and grown and grown. And the same with Roswell. It started off with some funny-looking stuff on this farm in Spanish's land. In no time, it became the cosmic cover-up. I mean, it just evolves as the years go by. Difference is, with Rendlesham, most of the people, if not all of them, that were actually there are still alive. Unfortunately, you know, as we know, that you know, sometimes confabulation takes place. Thankfully, the chap I've just uh, interviewed, Steve, he, he would have the sense to, when I asked him questions that he didn't know the answer to, he just said, I don't know. And when he couldn't remember somebody's name precisely, he would say, well, I think it was so-and-so, but don't, you know, I'm not entirely sure of that. To make a definitive conclusion, if you like, about what happened at, at, at Waters or, or Rendlesham Forest is more difficult than one would imagine. For example, when you speak to Jim Penniston, who was one of the, uh, was a sergeant at the time, he was there, one of the primary witnesses, and I have no doubt that Jim was there and had an unusual experience. But you ask a simple question, well, what did you first think it was? Oh, we thought it was an aeroplane that had crashed. Why weren't the, the emergency services called? It seems a reasonable question. If they thought an aeroplane had crashed in the woods, wouldn't they call the ambulance or your own on-base medical facilities? I don't know. It's simple things like that that it doesn't necessarily add up to any amount of information, but it, they puzzle me. Uh, you also had the police officers turn up that night as well. They were found. And they didn't make anything of it. You know, what had ever happened had gone. They looked at these marks on the ground. They thought they were made by rabbits. So there was a different opinion of, of, of even the ground traces that were left behind that night. But I'll give you another example. A TV show that was done here a few years back it was like a discussion panel show about UFOs. They put this photograph on the screen and they said, this location at this time, anybody else that saw it, could you please ring in? And at the end of the, the, the programme, they said we had 30-some people phoning saying they'd seen the same thing. However, no, they didn't because it's a fake. We made it. But yeah, people genuinely phoned in. When you talk about the sightings with multiple witnesses, you know, again, I've investigated these. Rule of thumb, not scientific, but rule of thumb, normally, when you have a, a lot of sightings over one area seen by a lot of people at the same, around about the same time, it usually tends to have a natural explanation. Even if you can't find it, it tends to have one. Aeroplanes and so on. I'm not saying that's the case in, in, in the one you were talking about, but that's just my experience. Even my own one of my own UFO sightings was seen by a lot of people. I can't find an explanation for it, but I think there is one there. So going back to Bentwaters, it's not as clear-cut as, as, as you would imagine, uh, and it's not as clear-cut as it should be, I'm afraid. I'm not a specialist in it. I don't know huge amounts about it. But there's a new book come out as well, and it's called The Halt uh, Perspective. It's actually co-authored by former police detective here in the UK called John Hansen and Colonel Holt, who was the deputy base commander at Benwaters at the time and was witness to some of these events. And it is a huge, great tome. It is nearly 800 pages long. Wow. It's a fascinating read. And what I would say is gather the information and, and you know, make your own conclusion. It's, it's an interesting case, but it's not as straightforward as you would imagine. I have always thought that there were elements of some sort of psychological uh, weapons uh, test or some sort of uh, program to gauge the response of uh, U.S. personnel uh, to an unusual event that it may have been manufactured just to see what kind of result would <laughs> would happen. And it grew, grew legs and, and started to gain a life of its own or something. But, you know, that's just my kind of gut instinct about it. 
We'll have a continuation of that fascinating possibility and more. Our guest is Philip Mantle. You're on with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The EPA says the air in our homes is up to five times more contaminated than outside air. The solution is not just to filter your air, but detox it. UVforlife.com now offers a doctor-recommended UVforlife.com sterilization unit to kill over 99% of viruses, bacterias, molds, and dangerous chemicals. Go to UVforlife.com. Add promo code GCN at checkout to save $100. That's UV, the number four, life.com. UVforlife.com. Don't just filter your air. Detox it. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if there were no contracts, no activation fees, no tracking, tracing, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE networks. Introducing PixWireless.com. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, and unlock GSM phones instantly. Bring your own device and make the switch today. Here's how. Call or click 1-800-205-9513 or PixWireless.com. Spelled P-I-X. PixWireless.com. Back pain doesn't take vacations. It never celebrates holidays. It's on the job 24-7 to keep your life exactly where it is, in limbo. But it doesn't have to be that way because Laser Spine Institute can help you take back your life from chronic neck and back pain. With a less than one-inch incision, our minimally invasive procedures have provided relief to over 60,000 patients with a 97% patient satisfaction rate. So get ready to stand tall and live the life you've imagined for yourself without pain. Are you or a loved one suffering from a bulging disc? herniated disc, spinal stenosis, pinched nerve, or degenerative disc disease? Call our spine care consultants now at 855-519-BACK. For a no-cost MRI review and to learn more, it's time to say goodbye to chronic neck and back pain. Call 855-519-BACK now to see if laser spine surgery is right for you. That's 855-519-BACK. What have you got to lose? Laser Spine Institute, the leader in minimally invasive spine surgery. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. 
people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Chris, your feeling about Bent Waters is psychological warfare. Now, because it happened around the same time, we sometimes compare Bent Waters to Cash Landrum in the U.S. Uh, with no disrespect, we know for a fact that your military and our military, to some degree, have experimented on the GIs in the past, you know, with the, the atomic blasts, with drugs, whatever. They have experimented with them. So let's assume that Bent Waters did turn out to be some kind of test that was, you know, put together by the powers that be within the military. It wouldn't surprise you. It wouldn't be as shocking as, it, as, it, as you might think it was. I don't necessarily think that is the explanation, but it wouldn't surprise you if it was. However... Our own government's done similar things with, you know, certainly with the atomic bomb testing have put, you know, people in, 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 uh, in, in, in harm's way and, and have done it on purpose. So, again, it wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. So it's not as far-fetched as we would imagine. However, to go right back to the, the beginning, you know, and look at the initial accounts, it was just of strange lights. Could we, again, be looking at a, an exceptional manifestation of these lights whereby those that were involved had some kind of experience. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. The two main witnesses on the first night's events was Jim Penniston and John Burroughs, United States Air Force. They were the guys that went into the forest. They were the guys that came up close and personal to this object. They were only standing a few yards apart. However, Sergeant Penniston so a structured object, roughly triangular, about the size of a big car, these markings on the side with red lights on top, blue lights underneath. And he said he touched it and he walked around it. His colleague, just standing a few yards away, John Burroughs, only saw some funny lights. Didn't see Jim walk around anything. How come? How come? You know, two guys, have, I mean, they didn't just make a few discrepancies, they saw and reported something entirely different. There's a big difference between a structured craft and a few lights. So what happened here? If we go back to the explanation we were talking about previously about electromagnetic influences, could that explain it? Could it explain all the lights that were seen on, on, on the following nights by Colonel Holt and his crew who were out in the forest? Because they don't talk about structured objects. They don't talk about this thing that looked like an eye with molten metal dropping off it, sending lights down to the ground. So I don't know. But it's a question that I can't get answered. Why do two men standing a few yards apart during this event, and I've gone record, they're not lying, or anything like that. They had a, a, a genuine 
anomalous experience, but how come they reported something totally different? You tell me, gentlemen. Good question. <laughs> I can't. I can't explain that either. Uh, you know, again, obviously, you know. The, well, I mean, the, the, you could start to kind of come up with some ideas. Maybe one person was um, in a had a better angle at the object than the other person. Maybe there were shadows that obscured details. Maybe the lights were shining in the eyes of one witness and he was unable to see detail. And the other witness, because lights weren't shining in his eyes, uh, was able to see an actual uh, form. Uh, you'd really have to look at the site and and um, and hypothesize based on lines of sight and, and, and perspective uh, visually to the object. So, you know, there are some possibilities that might explain that. But but again, uh, you know, the <laughs> the fact that it comes just within a day or two of the Cash Landrum case, or you know, within a week, I think. How many days apart were they, Gene? I think. I think they were exactly the same time. Yeah, yeah, it was the same. It was the same week. I remember. But uh, the very fact that one should have, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's very difficult to look at Cash Landrum um, and. And figure out why they reported so many helicopters. Uh, the things uh, appeared to be in trouble and and appeared to be emitting some sort of radiation. Uh, the stretch of the road that it hovered over was quickly uh, excavated and, and the area was repaved. The trees were affected around the area where the object was allegedly spotted. And and they, you know, uh, Vicky, uh, Betty Cash and Vicky Landrum, uh, to varying degrees, suffered uh, what appeared to be to their to physicians, at least some physicians, to be uh, some sort of radiation poisoning. And 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 so when you start adding up all those facts, it could have been something uh, a man-made uh, that was having problems. Of course, the the skeptic would would say, well, why would they trot it out over an area like that? Why wouldn't they do it at White Sands or Area Fifty One or something? And and that's 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 a legitimate and good question, but. To have something happen in close proximity to witnesses uh, in, with such a short time uh, frame, uh, you know, it's, it, to me, <laughs> it's hard not to link the events in my mind some, for some reason. Well, let me just uh, tell because, you something, Chris. I did a little quick research. Instant research. The original light seen at Ventwaters occurred on December 26th. And so we have events through the 28th. The Cash Landrum case occurred on December 29th. Right. In the same week, right. Right. Uh, so, you know, maybe they tried uh, something in one spot, and then they said, well, let's let's trot it out and see what civilians would, would think. Uh, and then maybe they had problems with the, uh, the you know, the the American case. You don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just, you know, putting a bunch of what-ifs out there, really. Um, I, I really have never bothered to really get too involved in, in either of the cases. I've read some books and and seen some interviews and that sort of thing. And I have a, you know, kind of a peripheral interest. And I don't think we have enough information to really determine to make as a, <laughs> Greer's meeting planner would like a robust hypothesis. But for some reason, I just get a sense that there's military involvement here uh, as somehow being involved uh, in the perpetration side of these these events uh, I, it's just hard for me not to uh, to make that leap but 
But anyway, let's move on. Uh, Bent Waters is a case that we've covered extensively. We've had both Jim and uh, John on the show a number of times. We've had Nick Pope talk about it. We've had Charles Halt on the show. And uh, again, I think I think uh, the deputy base commander's book uh, be a very interesting read. And and at some point, I think I'll probably end up doing that. But let's let's move on to some other subjects while we have some time. Um, you know, the UK is very, very famous now for um, these wonderful cereal glyphs, crop circles. And uh, there's been quite a bit of controversy over the years about what they are, how they're being made. We've had Matthew Williams on the show. We've had Mark Bilkington on the show um, sort of explaining the hoaxer skeptical side. We've had uh, true believers on the show that claim that, you know, there's transformative experiences that have been documented uh, by you know, clearing your mind and meditating in these circles. We've had uh, Nancy Talbot claim that there's geophysical uh, changes in the plants or there's physical changes, biological changes in the plants. Uh, uh, you know, we've had both sides of the argument on the program. As someone who's there in the UK and has probably studied this to one degree or another, where do you come down on the crop circle phenomenon? I'm, I have no doubt that most, if not all, are fake. As simple as that. I know the gentleman you're talking about who've made some of the circles. They're not by only means the only ones. Um, but uh, you know, I've been and studying these um, crop circles, for want of a better word, and, and, and you know, I just think they're a fake. I mean, they don't make any sense. No logic to them. I'll give you an example. Um, there was some crop circles that were made uh, near Leicester in the Midlands of England. Now, I know the guys that did it, and what they did, they filmed themselves doing it, and then kept quiet about it, and didn't say anything. Of course, a couple of days later, somebody driving by or whatever stumbles across them, hits the newspaper, the local crop circle expert is brought in, he's making all these wonderful stories up, and then they come forward and say, sorry guys, it was us. Oh, it can't have been. These can't be man-made. Well, you know, just have a look at this film. Because here is us making it. And, 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 you know, and that's. You know. can't dispute that. Let's go into more of this in our final segment with Philip Mantle and Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. 
I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Minuteman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Minuteman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Hi, my name is Stephen Holstein. In my 20s, I abused stimulants and anabolic steroids to the point where my adrenal glands were shot. I suffered from extreme fatigue and an inability to handle stress. For over six years, I have been taking adrenal supplements including herbs, glandulars, vitamin C, and vitamin B5. All these supplements did was treat the symptoms and produce only minimal results. Now, just after one month on Synergy One and ADR Medics, I truly feel rejuvenated. I have never felt such relaxation before from any adrenal supplement as I did just 10 minutes after taking ADR Medics. I then noticed Synergy One made me wake up rested and with much more energy. No more hungover, groggy feeling upon arising. I had almost considered going to another country for stem cell therapy as a last resort, but now I truly feel rejuvenated on Synergy One and ADR Medics. Success happens with Synergistic Nutrition. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Don't know what contaminants are lurking in your water? Time to get a ProPure. Take advantage of ProPure's holiday sale. Save 25% on all ProPure water filter products. Sales good through December 31st. There's a ProPure water filter for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So we know about the people who make the fake crop circles, Philip Mantle. Do you think there are any genuine paranormal events among any of these cases? I think there are some crop circles that may be authentic. A chap called Paul Fuller, who was a statistician by profession, he um, sent a questionnaire around some of the farms where these circles had appeared. Again, not only have they appeared in, in recent years, they had appeared down the decades. So there is some circumstantial evidence that the simple crop formation, I'm talking just a, a circle, may well be authentic because of this historical evidence, although we have no photographs of them. But anything beyond that, 
forget about it. Don't don't waste your time with them. <laughs> the more complex they are and the more beautiful they are, the more likely they are to be hoaxed. That's uh, my rule of thumb. <laughs> there have been some that are that are head scratchers. Okay, moving on. I have been quite taken by and uh, impressed by the so-called cattle mutilation phenomenon, as it's called here in, in the United States. I personally investigated over 200 cases, written a definitive book on the subject, and feel that um, there are some legitimate unexplained livestock deaths. Richard Hall, Tony Dowd, there's been others that have uh, looked into this phenomenon there in, in the UK. Uh, what are your feelings on that? Do you think there's something legitimate here? Do you think that, that, that hundreds of sheep, uh, for instance, were mutilated around the uh, beginning of the reign of James I, which is the earliest case that I can find, or earliest documented example? W- where do you come down on that? It's not something I've ever dealt with, to be honest, because uh, you know, I don't pay that much attention. And I, I, I don't hold any information or any opinion um, regarding mm-hmm. what you mentioned. It's not something I've ever, ever looked at, so I don't really yeah. want to comment about something I know little about. You do have some pretty sick uh, horse slashers from time to time in England that um, have their way sexually and otherwise with horses. I, I've had a number of uh, outbreaks of cases like that, and, and there have been one or two in the United States, but you, you tend to hear about the ones in England uh, because of uh, the proximity of people to uh, cases. Uh, we do have some pretty twisted uh, individuals on the planet, no question about it. Uh, some of them more twisted than others. I, I just figured I'd bounce that one off here because we uh, we had Philip Hoyle on the, on the show who um, is part of a, or used to be part of the um, animal pathology uh, unit up there um, uh, sort of on the Welsh border, and uh, he had some very, very compelling cases that cannot be explained away, uh, where there are no predators and very few large scavengers, if any. I, I just thought I'd bounce that off you. Where are we going? Now, I mentioned uh, we should end up with, uh, you know, where do you think this field is going, and what can we do to keep it alive, or does it need to be kept alive? I personally think it's, you know, it should be kept alive. We, you know, I've, I've got down the years. I've had a few of the questions out, uh, answered, but by no means all of them. Uh, and I, you know, I look at my whatever you want to call it, my contribution as a way of recording this data, and hopefully that at some point somebody will make sense of it all, which has happened in in other areas of science down the years. For you know, astronomy being a prime example. You know, it was mostly studied by amateurs. There was no professionals. Uh, and the more we documented it, the more we studied it, the more we found out that you know. We weren't the centre of the universe. So I think it's important. I think, I think it's also important, gentlemen, to share the material, share the information with whoever wants it, for whatever reason. A particular incident that you investigate or whatever may be the missing piece of the puzzle. But if you don't share it with anyone, we're never going to find out. You know, and it's something I've always done. Yeah, me too. Uh, my entire database has always been publicly accessible. Yeah. Uh, I have one of the largest databases from a single geographic region. Anybody who's interested enough to want to even look at the information, I'm flattered. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and of course, now with modern technology, you know, the language barriers are falling down around the world. We can speak to somebody at the other side of the world free of charge on this little, you know, little box in front of me. They can send us information that might be in a different language, but we can figure it out now. We can use technology to figure that out. And I, I think we should do more of that. We should do more of the sharing. There are still those who look on ufology as like stamp collecting. You know, I've got this and you haven't. You know, I'm oh, fair enough. Go away. Don't bother me. You know, so to share the information is imperative, I think, for any future of this subject. And, um, you know, it's something I I think we should do more of. How we do it, 
you know, there's, there's all the technology in the world to do it now. All is the old-fashioned way. Stick it in a book or magazine or put it online, whatever, whatever way we can. And uh, let's see where the data leads us, not, and not the other way around. Do you think the focus on the part of some researchers and some UFO organizations strictly on alien visitors and nothing else and no related studies, do you think that kind of constrains them and maybe also hampers getting to a solution? Yeah, absolutely. I think any UFO organization, and I'm not being a member of a, a few, has rules and regulation and constrains you. Some of those things aren't bad, you know, because they'll tell you, like, when you go and speak to a witness, don't put words in their mouth, be polite, you know, book your appointment to go see them or whatever. I would never, ever join a UFO group ever again. I've been asked and I politely declined because they do constrain. They really do hold you back. The evidence is there for everybody. If you want to get involved in this subject, there's nothing to stop you. And you can do as much or as little as you want. I've been at it a long time, and, and, and I'm still at it. So I would say, don't bother joining a UFO group. It's, it's, for me, it's really not worth it. You don't have to, to understand or try and understand this very fascinating and perplexing phenomena that we call UFOs. It reminds me of the old phrase, I'll never join a club that would have me as a member. Yeah, Groucho. <laughs> right. Right. You see, I talk about all these old things and long gone people and things like that. For the next minute or two, you're now a publisher, a book publisher, Philip Mantle. Tell us quickly about what you've got to offer and how we can learn more about it. Yeah, I mean, I started my own little venture, Flying Disc Press, last year. I've been an editor of a number of magazines down the years. So, I, you know, I've got a contact database for people all around the world. And one of those that had written for us is a chap called Peter Chielabias. Peter's in Poland. He sent me a manuscript, you know, of UFO sightings in Poland, not for publishing, just to read. One of the things Peter had been doing is, is practicing his English. So I read it and I thought, oh, wow, this is fascinating stuff. A friend of mine, who I mentioned earlier, John Hansen, who's done the book The Whole Perspective with Colonel Holt, he self-publishes. So he explained the routine to me and I, I thought about it and I thought, well, why not? You know, I asked Peter if he wanted to get the book into print, and he was over the moon. So I did it. I got it done. It's up. It's on Amazon. UFOs over Poland. Some great remarks about it. And then another chap, again, who had written for us, just happened to come from Eastern Europe, a chap called Dan Farkas, PhD. And he sent me another book all about stuff in Romania, which is fascinating. It covers a lot of the topics that we've discussed on the show tonight, for example even his own theory on what lies behind the phenomenon. And he's a bona fide PhD. So I published that, UFOs over Romania. And again, that's not been out long. Get it on Amazon. It's not to make money. You know, I've had my own books published and I've struggled at times. So I thought, well, this is my way of paying back. If I make a few dollars at it, fine. As long as I break even, I'll be happy. But I can sit here content knowing that I've put this information into the public domain. If I hadn't, they would probably never have read it because it wasn't in English before. Most of it was. Very quickly, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, do you have a site they can check out? Just find me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. That's the best way to find me. It's not a problem. I'll answer any questions and help anybody. Listeners, you can find us on Twitter where we are known as the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Twitter. Look for two official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. One's a group, one's a community. Pick the one you want or pick both. We also have another radio show. 
to offer. It's called After the Paracast. And it could be a continuation of the interview. It could be an interview with somebody else. It could be general chit-chat. It's a place where you expect the unexpected. And the only way to hear After the Paracast is to become a member of the Paracast Plus. We really, I guess, should get membership cards and things printed. Maybe we'll do that. In the meantime, if you want to learn more, go to plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com or reverse it, theparacast.com slash plus. Either way gets you there. You could subscribe for $4.99 a month. We also have long-term subscription plans for a year, five years, lifetime. We're also featuring Paul Kimball's Other Side of Truth audio and video segments. So lots more goodies are coming. Plus.theparacast.com. Philip Mantle. The next time you're here, it's not going to be another eight years. It's got to be a lot quicker. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. It's been my pleasure. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.